Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you've joined us in worship. I hope you have a bulletin, and I'd like you to turn to the section in the bulletin entitled Radical Hospitality. I also hope you have a newsletter. If you'd like to have a print copy in your hands, we send this out uh, digitally. It's on our website digitally. But if you'd like to have one in your hands, we've got plenty for you, and I hope that you take one. We like to frame our announcements in our five practices that we try to live out best we can. The first of which is radical hospitality. Um, we have visitor cards and prayer cards in every pew uh, with pencils there. If you would like to share a prayer concern with us, um, it will be shared with our Tuesday prayer group and with me. If you have immediate concern that you'd like us to respond to, please indicate that. And we also have in the bulletin a number for Pastor Caroline that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can leave a message you'll get a voicemail instantly you leave a message and I'll get an email about as instantly uh, that you've left a message or Leslie will or our pastoral uh, care person on call if you want to simply leave a concern you can share that if you need an immediate response as quickly as possible you can say that and we'll respond as well um, also a visitor card if you'd like to give us any type of contact information we'll contact you in the way that you prefer we're grateful that you joined us today we have supper at 6 this Wednesday, and the speaker is um, one of my good friends. She's the pastor at Lawrence United Methodist, uh, which is just off Lawrence Road in Greenville. Her name is uh, Reverend Laura Bratton. She's a child of Buncombe Street who lost her vision in her teenage years and has written a book on overcoming uh, that disability. Um, if you buy a ticket to come, it's $8 for adults and $5 for children. Then you get a book, her book included, uh, in your purchase and you'll uh, leave the dinner with that. She'll be an excellent speaker and uh, grateful to have her this Wednesday. And if this today is the last day to register uh, for that, you can write it in the attendance register as it goes by. Um, today is also the United Methodist Women's uh, Celebration Dinner. They'll be in our social hall immediately following worship. Ms. Beverly Davis is speaking today about uh, Bill and her uh, life in this church and their dedication uh, and leadership in this church. I'm grateful uh, for you speaking, Ms. Beverly. Uh, we believe in passionate worship. And if you picked up a newsletter, uh, you can look at the front page. Um, and if you don't have one with you, you can um, get one as you leave. It's an image of a prayer garden uh, that's coming in the very near future. The social hall is just that way. And there's a grassy area just on the other side of the social hall, just right on the frontage of the parking lot going towards the um, large playground. And we've approved a prayer garden to go there. Aaron Knight, our children's director, has a degree and a background in um, landscape architecture. And so she's using that um, background to uh, create this prayer garden for us. And Miss um, Carolinda Robinson, money was donated in her name some time ago uh, for uh, um, use in our uh, on our campus of something um, great. And she's uh, overjoyed to use that money for this project. Uh, it's also we'll be using children's ministry funds. So if you have a skill said in gardening. If you'd like to participate, if you know anything about um, picket fences, as you see on the drawings, Aaron wants to use as many people as possible on our campus for this project and for things that we don't have expertise already in our leadership. Um, she will um, uh, hire a person to do that job. Yeah, I think it will be excellent and um, you'll see that unfolding in the coming future. We believe in intentional faith development and you'll see listings on um, children, youth, and adult programming tonight at 5 o'clock. It goes to 6.30. 
And the lessons build on one another, uh, Sunday to Sunday, but, <clears throat> pardon me, you're more than welcome to come uh, any Sunday night. We'd like to have you. We believe in risk-taking mission and service. Uh, the mission and service team met, as I announced, last Sunday right after worship. And we have um, decided to give two uh, generous gifts. One to United Methodist Committee on Relief that will go on to hurricane victims and to Greer Community Ministries as they put on a big event uh, coming up soon. You'll see the posters on our uh, bulletin board. Um, we also believe in the extravagant generosity. You'll see um, our giving on the back of your bulletin and different ways to give. So I believe that's all of our announcements. I hope that you take your bulletin home with you. I hope that you grab a newsletter. It looks tremendous and it's got all kinds of helpful information in it. If you'll stand as you're able and join us in our first hymn, number 625. Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. Believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Please be seated. Our first scripture this morning is taken from the book of Psalm 78, verses 1 through 5. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, today we read of escalating conflict in your house. People deeply concerned about their position, arguing over the truth, threatening violence if it persists, and confusion among the people. Help us, Lord, as we gather in your house this day to set aside our personal concerns, to set aside those things that are weighing on us, to simply focus on your word, your song, your prayer, your table. Help us, Lord, as we gather with open hands with one another to share a common meal offered for thousands of years in your son's name because he sacrificed everything in the face of anger. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. It's now time for our offering, and as I mentioned before, you can look in the back page of your bulletin to see instructions on that.
Please be seated. Today we're reading Matthew chapter 21, starting with verse 23. And you can find it on page 1532, or within a couple of pages of that. And I'll read it in two um, different sections. So if you like to read along, if you keep your Bible open. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also give you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or was it from men? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, Then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, we're afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. Then he said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's two things we're not accustomed to in this country. One is um, a singular faith for which we have one temple that's in one location in our nation, as the people of Israel had. We also don't have neighboring nations threatening to come in, sweep through all of us, take our best and brightest leaders and ship them off to the capital of that country and turn this country into whatever they want. So we've been threatened. We've been harmed on a couple of occasions. Um, harmed isn't proper. We've been uh, wounded severely on a couple of occasions in our nation. But we haven't had other nations coming in and conquering us the way the people of Israel have had. The first temple they ever had was around 953 BCE. Solomon wanted to dedicate it to his father. And he wanted to build the most beautiful, ornate, um, sophisticated structure through which most people could not enter. Only the highest trained, the best of the best, the elite of the um, religious order could go in there, even on a couple of occasions. And the people could look to this temple in their main city and know that they were strong because it was strong. Their faith was strong because it was strong. They were beautiful because it was beautiful. The problem is it was destroyed around 300 years later by the Babylonians as they came sweeping through that nation, conquering everyone. The second temple was built even better, even stronger, even more beautiful, somewhere around 515 BCE. And it lasted much longer, all the way to the time of Jesus. In fact, it was there, and he and his disciples walked past it, followers walked past it, and the disciples said, isn't that the most amazing structure you've ever seen? Similar thought. Because it's strong, because it's beautiful, we are. Jesus, like a prophet, said, it won't be here. Sorry. 
<clears throat> he said, it won't be here. And when the people rebelled against the occupying Roman government, not long after Jesus' death, the Roman government destroyed it. You know what's there now? It's the Dome of the Rock. The Dome of the Rock is now the ultimate place of the Muslim faith, built right on that spot. And there's no mistaking why we want to build it right on that spot. Because it's just as significant to us as it is to you. Do you know what the people of the Jewish faith one day hope for? Third temple. That it may be right there on that spot. And they already have instruments. You know, we have different parts, the altar, the candles, the stained glass. They already have elements ready for the day that they one day move in. Because it, reject, it projects strength, because it projects beauty, because it projects their faith. You know what's troubling about that? They struggled inside the temple. They struggled to live the words that they said. You know why? Because they're human. Humans, when given really high standards, struggle to live out those standards in the name of God because they start to think about themselves. Because they start to get a little tired. Because they start to grab for just a little bit of power. And when they have that little bit of power, they want what? bit more. And when someone comes along and is a potential threat to that power, they're going to react in a very negative way. Just prior to this text, Jesus walked into the temple. He saw the money changers on those tables and he got the tables and he flipped them. Maybe it was the first hour he was there. I remember the day I first walked into this building, I was taken by how tall it was. Loved it. I was taken by that window. Loved it. I was taken by the fact that you had a pulpit built for someone over six feet tall. Loved it. I love this space. If the first five minutes that I was touring this place with your representatives of your church, I came in and just flipped the table over. I said, y'all aren't getting it right. How would y'all respond to me? <laughs> See, because Jesus had already threatened their way of life. He'd already threatened their preconceived notions. He'd already threatened their traditions. You know what he's threatening now? Their money. And when you threaten people's money, they are going to react in a very bitter way. You ever go to um, an amusement park and everything that it took to get you to that place and then you go and they say the money that you have to have in this amusement park is not normal money. You have to pay for the money to have the money to go throughout the amusement park. When the people went to the temple there was a practice of exchanging their money for another type that they could then give. And the pressure on them was, but you want to do that for God, right? You're willing to do it for God, and you're willing to do it for your soul, right? These upcharges. Awful. 
So you had upcharges, you had arguing, and you had people leading with fear, these leaders. As they questioned Jesus in front of everyone, the people trusted these leaders to be their voice, their understanding, their wisdom. And those leaders say to Jesus, Who are you? And when he gives them a tough question, they don't want to deal with the crowd and they don't want to deal with him, so they just say, I don't know. They're not leaders. And that is in the temple. In the space where you're supposed to worship. Humans are so quick to be an impediment. They're so quick to not be a source of forgiveness. Not be a source of transformation. Not be a source of covenant. Even when they're in the house of God. This is what Jesus says, um, continuing on in the scripture. He says, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did <clears throat> what the father wanted? The first they answered. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. The tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. So he uses the word, the righteous road. You know how far the righteous road was from the temple? Long way. You know those roads where you say, I'm not sure where we are. I'm not sure if we've gone the right way. I'm not sure if there's a town anywhere near us. That far out, John is preaching to new people who had nothing to do with the temple, nothing to do with religious practices, have not attended faithfully in the synagogues, and they are listening and transforming their lives to change and follow him. So how do we get there? How do we get to a place where we gather the most often in the holy place and exhibit the least holy behavior? I think it has to do with when we feel a little concern about authority. Who's going to dictate what we do? I think when we feel a great deal of fatigue, I cannot do this anymore. I think when we feel anger with our God, this hasn't turned out the way I thought it would turn out. Those will all cost us our willingness. Even though we gather the most, we might be the least willing. That's so hard. But Jesus continues to offer an opportunity to them. He might offer it in the structure of the temple. He might offer it in a country synagogue. He might offer it on a road way outside of town. And that offering is what we have today when we come and we kneel. So you have three choices as you come forward for communion. You can come forward with, um, you know, I was doing a pretty good job anyway, but I appreciate the gift. Thanks. 
you can come forward and say, I'm so grateful for this gift, but I don't know how much there is, and I don't know who's after it, and there's no way that guy deserves it. You can come forward with open hands and say, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to join, and I will give this gift to whomever without price the same way it was offered me. The only way you can do that is if we read the liturgy we're about to read with conviction, both in our confession and in our forgiveness. Turn with me to page 12 in your hymnal. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Joyful obedience. Think about those two sons. One of them said, Now nah, I don't want to do that. And then he does. One of them says, uh, Yeah, I guess I'll do that. And then he doesn't. These are the two choices in humanity. And we flip back and forth between two. That God offers grace and forgiveness. And the only way that we can have joyful obedience is if we feel forgiven and accepted for exactly who we are. Think about that in every phase of your life. If you're willing to listen to someone and do it, the joy comes from being accepted and forgiven. We have failed, we have broken, we've rebelled, we've ignored, even though we gather here all the time. Yet Christ offers us this amazing gift of grace for which we should be deeply grateful and we should offer one another. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. If you'll turn to one another and say, Peace be with you. I tell you what, if you'll forgive me,
I don't think I can read this whole thing through. I'm too, um, it's not contagious. I'm just, I'm just completely scratchy. If you'll forgive me. I'll lead you in the way that I lead the nine o'clock group. Very simple elements. Offered to us without price that we may offer them to one another. Jesus said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. People who had heard of covenants their entire life for thousands and thousands of years were told, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. He says, do this as you drink it in remembrance of me. Two simple elements offering two amazing uh, opportunities for covenant. If I could call forward those who are helping me serve this morning. In the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward for Holy Communion are welcome to do so. We encourage you to come and kneel. You'll come by the outside of your aisle. The ushers will lead you. And if you are the starting point at that corner, if you'll come to this corner. And if you're the starting point at that corner, if you'll come to this corner. And as you come by, if you would like gluten-free elements, we have them on both corners. You'll come and you'll kneel with those who are coming with you. If you can't kneel, we welcome you to stand. If you don't want to come forward, we'll be glad to come to you. But I encourage you to come with open hands that you can receive this gift, that you can offer it to others. If the choir could now come.
Let us pray. Lord, we have felt the burden of our mistakes. Things we should have done that we did not. Things that we should have said we did not. Things we should not have done or said, and we did. And we feel that burden, Lord, as we walk in. But help us, Lord, to leave it here. In this holy place designed for reconciliation for covenant and for opportunity. Help us, Lord, to take this table much further than this space that the holy road may go way beyond this campus out to the places we go. In your Son's holy name we pray. Amen. If you'll please stand as you're able for our last hymn, number 526.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.